I was thinking about this before and I was like, this was the most interesting partnership I've ever had, <laughs> you know, because we, we've never met in person and, you know, we just, I think even more so than an in-person relationship, we had to have more patience, more openness. It's just like, cause we got to make it work. Um, cause that is just what artists do. And I do hope that this has sort of like sparked many, many ideas and just sort of the confidence that, you know, we can do whatever we want in the hardest of situations. Conversations about the work behind the work with diverse artists from all over the globe. My name is Ruby Josephine Smith, and not only am I the creator and host of this podcast, I am a choreographer and contemporary dance artist. is a podcast in process about process. I am not only fascinated by the creative process itself, but how to have better and more meaningful conversations about it with artists of different cultures, backgrounds, and mediums. Join me in digging deep into what it is that drives a person to make art. Today's episode is what I'm calling a kind of bonus episode because it's popping up in the middle of the week in a slightly shorter format and also because it is presented not only to hear from two talented and passionate dancers, but to honor the premiere of the new collaborative work between the Miami City Ballet and the Paul Taylor Dance Company, titled Viva. Created in response to the pandemic, Viva marks the first collaboration between these two giants in the dance world. Choreographed by Amy Hall Garner, Viva was created remotely and filmed in two different locations in the country. This piece is premiering on both companies' social media channels beginning Thursday, April 1st, 2021. So that'll be tomorrow if you're listening the day this episode comes out. Follow at Miami City Ballet and at Paul Taylor Dance to follow along and watch. Also, you can find links to everything we talked about on the podcast website, which is always processpiece.com. Sort of piggybacking off of the previous episode with Michael Novak, who is the artistic director of the Paul Taylor Dance Company, I am thrilled to be speaking with the two stunning dancers of this piece, Viva, Samantha Hope Goller and John Harnage. Samantha Hope Goller is a native of Bedford, Massachusetts. She has spent almost her entire life dedicated to training and performance in ballet. She completed her studies with the Boston Ballet School and after graduating, joined Cincinnati Ballet. She went on to join Alabama Ballet from 2009 to 2014 and was honored to perform most of the corps de ballet, soloist, and principal roles in their repertoire. In 2014, Samantha joined Miami City Ballet as a member of the Corps de Ballet and was promoted to soloist in February 2018. John Harnage, a native of Miami, Florida, coincidentally enough studied dance at the Miami City Ballet School, as well as the New World School of the Arts. In 2014, he graduated from the Juilliard School and then began working with Jessica Lang Dance, joining the company in 2015, where he performed and taught around the world. He also performed as a principal dancer in Washington National Opera's 2017 production of Ida at the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. John joined the Paul Taylor Dance Company in fall 2018. So in this conversation, we get to know the dancers' creative and dance backgrounds before diving into the making of this beautiful dance film, Viva. They each speak about what the rehearsal process was like working completely on Zoom apart from each other, as well as the pure joy each one of them felt being able to dance and perform again, even if only to a camera. We also talk more generally about what the pandemic experience has been like as a professional dancer, being honest and open about the highs and lows and lessons learned. 
I think dancers and non-dancers alike will be inspired by the creativity, passion, and resilience shown and expressed by these two artists through today's episode. So without further ado, please enjoy this special conversation about FIVA with Samantha and John. Samantha and John, welcome to Process Peace. I'm really happy to be speaking with both of you today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to talk with you specifically about this piece that we're going to be diving into, Viva. Um, but before we get into that present work, I always like to start these, even though today's kind of a special episode, I like to go a little bit back into your dance history um, and art history for that matter and ask, what is your first memory of creating something? And maybe we can start with you, Samantha. Oh, my first memory of creating something i actually am i guess back to maybe high school i created in in art class that was really like my first time in exploring art in that sense in the creative side of it i'm actually um not in the choreographic side of dance and that in the art form so in terms of creating i guess uh I've had more experience of being created on. So I guess mm -hmm. that's kind of my, where I'm coming from with it. So my first memory um, was back in 20, 2010, maybe when I was working with the previous company in Alabama Ballet and um, the resident, well, the choreographer that is also the ballet master there and uh, associate artistic director, Roger Van Fletter, and he created on us. And that was kind of my first uh, memory of being in embraced in into that uh mm -hmm. setting of creating and i remember thinking you know it's a whole other side of the art form and it kind of it shows you a lot about yourself and how you are as an artist and gives you a, a new lens on things and breaks down some walls so that and and also that same summer i remember uh, i i did a summer program with boston conservatory and we had to create modern it, we had to create um, a piece, a modern piece and then improvisational technique. We kind of had to create our own little like one minute piece, just improving, And that broke me, I think, out of my shell of, mm -hmm. of uh, well, just ballet that I've been disciplined in this for my whole life and training my childhood. So that was my first, yeah, those are my first memories of, of creating and being in that process. Interesting. So. I, I love the distinction between creating with and creating on. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's so interesting, especially as dancers. It's something we think about a lot. So I, I like you bring that up. What yeah. about you, John? Um, like Samantha, I come from I came from a ballet background and didn't get into modern until uh, high school. I went to New Old School of the Arts. And then there was just like a comp class. And it was like day one, my teacher was like, walk. And I was like, <laughs> OK. <laughs> And I'm just walking, and then all of a sudden I see people are like walking backwards inside. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> my, my brain is like so linear, even just walking sideways was like, whoa. So, I mean, just from high school, luckily, I, I did have uh, an arts training background, like in high school and college, did a bunch of comp programs. So, since then, I have discovered there's more to do than just walk straight forward. And so, and I've gotten to work with a lot of choreographers over the years. And so, the creative process really is one of my favorite things to do as a dancer. It's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm excited to get more into this. Um, just to get a little bit more history of each of you, could you maybe go through a couple of the big sort of highlights in your career so far? So things that have felt really momentous to you um, to get you to where you are today. Um, I'm from Miami, Florida, and so started training at Miami City Ballet, where Samantha is now. Wow. 
um, aged uh, seven through 15. Uh, seven, just because it was the youngest they started. I would have started at two if they did a program for two-year-olds. Um, and then, uh, then I went to New World School of the Arts, um, and that was where I discovered modern and more and more just became more and more in love with it. Um, ended up going to Juilliard, um, graduated in 2014. Um, and then I was with Jessica Lang Dance for four years, um, and it was really amazing getting to work with her because it is such a it was such a smaller company, um, mm -hmm. and so it really felt amazing being part of that team and like really getting to know her and like her needs and her style and becoming and feeling really um, an integral part of that. Um, but yeah, then about after four years of that, I felt you know I was ready for the next step and. Taylor was having auditions, so I went for it, and here we are now. That was about uh, two and a half years ago, almost. Amazing. Yeah. So for me, I guess starting at uh, age five, I started ballet when I was really little, and then at nine, I, I it was kind of the shift, I guess, for the school that I was in. It was kind of a decide deciding point. So at age nine, I said, I'm going to do this is what I'm doing. So I did a little ballet recital, and I came off the stage, and I said, Mom this is what I'm going to do forever. Wow. <laughs> Here I am now. Right. And I, I, yeah, I just loved perform. Like performing is the reason that I went into ballet. I mean, I love ballet and I love the, I love the structure of it and the technique and how you can build on this. I love that working on those little things. And, but being on stage is like such a major part of it for me. And it's the biggest reward. And, um, so I, I grew up in Boston, outside of Boston. I trained there um, at a small ballet school and then I transferred over to the Boston Ballet School and I graduated from there. And then I went to um, Cincinnati Ballet for a year. So I actually had like a kind of up and down journey. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't smooth at all, which I, I think looking back, I say, that's okay now. I understand it was meant to be. And um, so I was a trainee for like a year in Boston and then a trainee. I actually hadn't, I didn't have any job offers. So I went and I took a risk and I was a trainee in Cincinnati. That was a, a kind of a growing year for me. And then I found myself having to audition again. So I went and I auditioned and I, I found, uh, I was an apprentice with Alabama Ballet. So I spent a year with them as an apprentice. And then I, I started call, I started college, uh, my bachelor's in environmental science, um, all, all, all online. And I was doing that when I started go when I was at Cincinnati Valley. So then I moved to Alabama, moved to Birmingham, which was like never on my radar. <laughs> it's like, I'll never live in Alabama. You know, you don't really like think of that when you're thinking of ballet companies, right. and, you know, but it really is a hidden gem. And I was so grateful for that experience there. And I spent um, five seasons with them. And then I had a similar moment where I said, it's time to go somewhere else, like to explore, you know, different repertoire. And I always had Miami Sea Ballet, like on my list of places. Like I was like, if I got to dance there, that would be the dream, you know? And so I was like, I'm just going to go and see. And I sent my stuff and then I, I auditioned and um, a couple weeks later, they were like, Oh, we have a spot for you. And I just like, I woke up that day and I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> like, I really still am like that. And then I got that email i i like called my mom and i was just called my husband i was just like what i can't believe this so that was those were big moments for me in my Amazing. life <laughs> yeah so and and now i've been going on my eighth year with them 
That's incredible that, John, you started there and, Samantha, you ended up there. And now you're doing this piece in collaboration. What a beautiful kind of full circle moment. I love that. And then you talking about, you know, your love of performance. I mean, that's kind of the heartbreaking thing right now, isn't it? I mean, I not to be able to be on a stage right now is so hard. But this piece that you two have created together really captures that energy. Um, And we can start talking about that. It's this piece, Viva, the collaboration between the Miami City Ballet and Paul Taylor Dance Company. Um, And I've been lucky enough to see it already. And it's absolutely beautiful. And it just, you really feel that kind of joy and strength just coming out really purely through the screen, which is incredible because I think that's so hard to capture on camera. And it almost made me a little bit sad watching it as a performer, just knowing that there's this like passion that needs to be let out, but you know, we're still alone and we're still on our screens, but it's hopeful at the same time. You know, the fact that we could do this, it was really hopeful. Um, So just kind of on a more, I don't know, technical level, just starting with the base of it. I read that both of you hadn't actually performed, I think, or rehearsed in maybe six months or so um, leading up to this, or maybe even longer. Um, So how was it to get back into the studio and back to this kind of rehearsal process? How did that go? (laughs) Hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really difficult, you know, not even, not, it's not even that like I hadn't performed in six months. I mean, I hadn't been off my couch in six months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it was just pure like lockdown time of during the pandemic. Um, and so, but then, you know, Michael Novak reached out and asked if I wanted to do this opportunity. And I was like, yes. So I, you know, got myself into the, the studios as much as I could. Luckily they had them, I mean, they were closed, but they had them available for us if we needed them or or could make our way as safely as we could. Mm-hmm. Luckily it was summer, so I would like bike to the ferry, then I would take the ferry in the upper <laughs> deck and then finish that bike ride. It was like a, a whole thing so I could try to get there safely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, just started taking class with mask and learned, out, learned that there are muscles that um, just had atrophied over yeah. six months. Muscles I had no idea I needed or were there. Like a plie was like a shaking endeavor. And okay. it was like, how am I going to get through this? Um, yeah. But you know, day by day. But then uh, really in the end, it was just all adrenaline. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the moment yeah. like I, I met Amy and she's like, so what, let's do something. Like it's, it's just uh, <laughs> the, that light switch turns on and you're on, you go on autopilot like at that yeah fear slash fun excitement whenever there's a choreographer in front of you and you just you suddenly feel like there's nothing I can't do and there's so much I can't but I'm gonna make her think there's nothing I can't do (laughs) amazing (laughs) yeah same uh I mean it was like March 13th when we shut or something around that time and then I mean it was just we went from you know having all the space to our living room I mean like 15 foot like you kick in the, you know, you hit the wall and like you're doing bar work and you can't, you know, there's no space. And also tile. I have tile. Like a lot of people had wood, which I was like, this would be the one time I would want a wood floor, you know? And and it was just like rugs. And then we got a piece of Marley from MCB, which was amazing, which was great because then we had like a little bit of just traction to like, you know, something normal that we felt, but it was, I mean, it was definitely a ride. I mean, emotionally, like, yeah, it was, it was definitely difficult when we, when, when I found out when I had been asked to also do this opportunity, I, you know, I tried to start, I had kind of tried to keep, but it's been six months and like, you know, we didn't know what we were, what was going to happen and like everything was shut and like, 
your motivation goes up and, and down and you know you could be like i'm gonna get in shape in a week and then by friday you're like what's gonna happen next week you know like we just yeah. didn't know and it was it was hard but once we had this time slot in the studio and i was like i jumped you know i was so thrilled to be asked for the opportunity and and alongside paul taylor and his company like i just you know what an honor total honor and um so I got in the studio, same kind of deal. And then I started swimming again because they finally opened our, our pool and you know, everything was just shut, you know, and, yeah. and just built, built up, you know, as much as I could. And it was a similar thing. I mean, Amy was like, okay, we're doing this. She didn't know it was, it was like my first rehearsal she was, and actually helped me just not hesitate. Cause I, I think if I had, was hesitating, it would have been a little harder for me to get back into that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just like that thing where, like I said before, when you got a choreographer in front of you, you just, you just want to do it yeah, <laughs> and exactly. there's no there's no time to be like i don't know it's been a long time or yeah. like we'll just see <laughs> yeah. yeah how amazing i mean i think this is so cool to talk about because this is such an uncertain time for performance arts especially and for so many people and to have this resilience and to be able to create despite that i think is incredible and you know even though we all hate zoom and love it at the same time um it's inc it blows my mind that you're able to rehearse this piece through yeah. zoom i believe for the most part um i've been attempting to do my own zoom rehearsals here and i it is hard i have to tell you it is really hard um so i'm curious how that process was for you doing rehearsals through zoom how did you kind of unflatten it if that makes sense um so actually interesting because we talked about that the other day the flatness of the yeah mm. so um the process was uh, all on Zoom, the whole thing, from start to finish. Um, Amy was on Zoom in Baton Rouge. I was on Zoom in Miami and then John in New York. And wow. we, most of the time, like I worked with Amy by myself, except for a couple instances where, we're just, you know, all of us were together on Zoom, along with Sasha, who videoed it as well. And then like, you know, so it was like a little different setup and then, but everything was on Zoom. So, I mean, we were learning from scratch, you know, there were, there were some difficulties with it. Um, it was smooth. We didn't have any issues, but you know, like there's a delay on Zoom, if you notice, like with music. And then there's a great point John made the other day, which we were, we were talking about, is that, you know, we would be showing Amy something and we might go off the screen and then she'd be like, well, I didn't see that. Can you show me again? You know? So, you know, just like a couple of things, you know, and then you're like, yeah. oh, I was, I think it was perfect that time. And then and you're off the screen the whole time, you know, no, no, yeah. or something. So, those, those were things um, that were challenges that I think just adapting and since we are artists, like we adapt and that's kind of mm -hmm. something natural for us. So coming into something, you know, we're coming from this really interesting time in history and we're walking in I and mean, just the collaboration itself was, we were creating, I think we've created something in history that's going to be really maybe like open up even other things. I mean, to have these two companies marry the genres that they have you know they haven't married them for you know we've performed paul taylor works and mm -hmm. you know i feel for me have learned so much about that but to marry the two genres in a virtual setting for the first time virtually too was really interesting and i think that that kind of pushed aside the fact that this is all digital you know this is all mm -hmm. happening virtually and like you know, we just learned to i think communication was really key mm -hmm. in the process to work around anything we, we couldn't do because we weren't in person. So that's kind of my perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I have to say when we, like day one, I was just almost dreading the idea of having to choreograph over Zoom. Yeah. I was like, how 
are we going to do this? Like, there's no way. Um, yeah. But but she did it. And when I when I say she, I do mean Amy Hall Garner. Like, cause mm-hmm. she is so clear and so um, I don't know. She's so beautifully able to say exactly what she wants and and then watch me kind of work with the material, her ideas, and it just and she's able to. Like even just visually through a Zoom box, was able to see see where my flow was going, and so yeah, take it that way, keep going around. Then what if you took it over there? Mm-hmm. And I just, I really, I had no idea it was going to go so smoothly. Like it never felt hitched. It never felt like I like like what is she saying? Um, and and I, and I think I really have to like chalk that all up to Amy, but just yes. for being so always clear with what she wanted. I don't even remember how we started. Like what step one was. I just remember going in there and it just sort of flowing. That's incredible. Were there, there, I mean, there was so much emotion in the piece besides just the technicality of it. And was that part of the prompting that she was giving you? Or was that kind of just coming naturally out of each of you? I think, you know, she didn't really give much meaning behind it, at least, at least to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that kind of was what I couldn't help doing. It was because it, it, it was my first time doing anything in six months. So I think I just couldn't. Uh, it was very I mean, she would say like more and bigger and I'd be like, no way. <laughs> um, but I would just like keep and like besides like, you know, size of things and maybe direction of focus, there wasn't really much intention. So I think any intention, like you said, of maybe the joy of dancing, it's because I really was just so happy to be dancing again. Um, so that part was very genuine. Yeah, yeah I feel the same. Um, I think she just like emphasized attack and um, she was like, dance through your fingertips. And then when I did that, I was like, I was more expansive. And I think, but the joy of it and the, I mean, it was like just, I, it was like getting to do a performance, you know, it was, it was great. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, with this in mind, did you two have a sense that you were dancing together as you filmed it? I feel like it was, I, I was thinking about this before and I was like, this was the most interesting partnership I've ever had. <laughs> you know because we, we've never met in person John and I either and and you know we just I think even more so than an in-person relationship we had to have more patience more openness and we really only rehearsed a couple times you know mm-hmm. but I did think about you and um because I had after we had a rehearsal we had seen each other's sections and what was going to be put together when I went to film um you know I thought about John and like where his where his sections were going and also you know um i just remember also like watching him and being like wow (laughs) i was i was like i'm only watching and it's on screen too it's not even in person i was like it's just radiating through the screen it was beautiful and i thought about that like when i was dancing too to kind of channel you know just how great this collaboration was and um we have a section where we do you know a part in in sync and you know, arm, arm work. And so that was a section I definitely did think about, um, you know, the partnership of it. So, yeah. You know, besides that one moment, there's just, it's really only like <laughs> seven seconds long, yeah. <laughs> but, but we only have that one moment where we're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that was the only time we had a rehearsal together, really. Okay. Otherwise it was, if we were together, it was to, sort of like see like the, um, they were trying to rehearse the exact transition that would happen mm-hmm. when, they, when they would cut between her to me or me to her. Yeah. Um, 
So like she would be dancing her her half and I'd be watching like raftily like, oh my God, look at her go. She's stunning. But then realized, oh crap, I gotta go. Like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. So like, I feel like it wasn't until I saw it, the video at the premiere that I got to see your whole thing. Same, yeah, like, yeah. cause I, I would always have to run away to like, yeah. away from the screen. One, two, three, and four, watch <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so in some ways, like the project was very like, I'd have to say representative of the pandemic because it was yeah. very alone. Mm -hmm. um, like I I was entirely alone in the studio, it was just me with, in a computer. Um, and uh, we, would, I would, we would work on it every day, but I was by myself and I would just sort of like, oh, I was just knowing that there was this other person in this endeavor with me, but just yeah. not physically. But I guess that's what the entire previous year had been. So yeah. it, was, uh, it all just sort of like felt like one and the same really. How has this year been for both of you? What have, do you feel like there's something, I, I mean, it's hard for everyone, but do you feel like there may be some lessons you're starting to learn about either yourself or your work or your processes that are coming out of it? Um, this year was very uh, telling to myself. I think there was a lot of time like for self-reflection. There were a lot of moments where I was just like beside myself, not knowing what's gonna happen. A lot of moments where I said, I'm learning a lot about who I am as a person, as a dancer, but also as a non-dancer, because there were times where I, I really felt almost distanced, detached from the world that I, I was, you know, mm -hmm. that's what I, I only knew that. So like, I even get emotional just like talking about it. Cause it was, I mean, there were times where I literally was sitting at this table and I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know who I am. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it was, it was scary. I mean, but but I think I didn't realize that I had learned anything personally until I went back in the studio. And then when I went back in the studio, I said to myself, um, like I learned I'm not as critical about my own personal pursuits as I was before. Um, I, I tried to bring back some of this, I don't know, mindfulness. I don't know. It was some sort of, I don't even know how to describe it really. I feel like if you didn't live it, it's really hard to describe it for, for a dancer mm -hmm. who just was my work body of work there still. Like I have that. Was I going to get back in shape? Was I, <laughs> Yeah. but it, and, and coming through that, I, I look back now at that bulk of really the hardest, the hardest time of it. And I, I see that I did learn you know, I have more confidence just like even in my body and things like little things like that. Well, that's a big thing, but, but confidence, you know, like I said, you know what, I'm going to go into the Valley studio now and I'm just going to be who I am. Like as an artist, I'm not going to worry about other people's opinions of it. I'm just, I mean, I, you know, and in dance, you don't have that much time in your career. So I feel like I, I just want to be true to myself now. And that's like the biggest thing I think I learned just trying to continue that. So yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's been uh, not fun. Um, really, <laughs> yeah. really dark. I mean, just uh, to be honest, just the darkest, hardest year of my life. Mm. Um, and, you know, I would, there would be times where I would hope. I would remember thinking, like, you know what? I bet I can, like, get back in there and feel like, like, now I'm finally back. So I can just enjoy the dance and, like, get rid of all that criticism but you know I'd have but like I still feel like now that I am back I don't know I, I still feel almost scared because 
he knows what's going to happen. Is it like, it just, I almost feel like I'm more scared for my profession than I ever was before. Um, so I, I guess that teaches me to be really appreciative at every moment I have, but I know it's still really friggin' scary. Yeah. I mean, we're still in it. That's the thing. And it, yeah, I mean, it makes me emotional to hear that too, because it has been such a hard year as dancers. I mean, especially if that's kind of part of what defines you, I think especially artist professions were so defined by that and to have that, taken away by something we could not have predicted. It's really, it's such a challenge and it's dark. I mean, it gets dark, like you said. By far, like one of the most difficult things I've ever gone through. Yeah. Yeah. Like injuries, you know, we've all had injuries yeah. and we're out for this many months or whatever, but, and you think that that's the worst thing you're going to go through. And then you go through this and, and you, a pandemic and, and your work at, at risk and, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely the hardest thing. Yeah, like when, like you said, you know, there's uh, that one unspoken element in the dancer's life, and it's time. Like, mm, yeah. so we only have so many years to do this, and a whole one was taken away. Yeah. Um, and here's another year where um, it's actually very stop and start. Don't even know how much I'm gonna get to work, and and I do feel like most of that year, if not into the next year, we'll just be trying to get back in shape to where I was before all this started. So if I want to be real not optimistic i you know in some ways feel like i this has taken at least two if not more years away yeah. from mm. my peak career like what i could have been doing but i'm still dancing i still have it <laughs> yes. i can be positive that's just where my mind goes in the dark times oh, understandable. Um, <laughs> but uh I, I did get to do this incredible thing and Same. that's another it's like i wish i could have attempted this um Amy's choreography, this collaboration with Miami and you, like, I wish I could have done it when I was more in shape and not mm. struggling. Like, I wish I could have commanded every one of the steps rather than like thinking, oh my God, am I going to be able to get to the end of this? Mm -hmm. But if it wasn't for this pandemic, we never would have done it. Probably. Have done it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, at least like this was like a really awesome thing we got to do. And I do Same. hope it opens the door for much more collaborations like this because it yeah. was so much fun. Yeah. I appreciate hearing that because I mean, I think it's so easy to see dancers who are part of this big company and think, oh, they must always feel so confident about what they're doing because, you know, they were chosen by this big company. But of course, that's not the case. We all have our insecurities. And I mean, as a, as a viewer, I mean, I just think there's this kind of like purity to the piece you two made. And it is that like relief of like, finally, we get to do this. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's what really creates the magic in it. I don't think it has to be, I mean, to me, it looks technically perfect, but it doesn't have to be technically perfect by your own standards, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's just interesting to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. With that, with that in mind, what did this piece kind of mean to you? Um, I, I mean, not to repeat myself, but mostly I was just trying to get from, through one step in the yeah. next <laughs> and hope, hoping they all looked to get good together. But, um, I will say I like the joy of dance um, in the end is what I, is what I think I just couldn't help but going for. Yeah, yeah I agree as well. I think um, just having th that feeling that we were so distant from because of the pandemic to have that, that fulfilling, oh, I'm in front of the lights and I'm getting to do this opportunity, you know, that performing feeling, the performance feeling. And when you come off stage, you're like, wow, that was so great, you know? That doesn't happen, you know, that that's that's what we that's what we do for our living. We get to perform. And so then, you know, like I said in the beginning, to not have that, you know, 
this was that we were getting that opportunity. And so, you know, from start to finish for me, it was just keeping that going in my, in my mind and my pursuit and of how I went through the process. So I think that that was the biggest thing for me as well. Yeah. I, um, I was lucky enough actually in my last episode of this to speak with Michael Novak, um, the artistic director of Paul Taylor, um, which was wonderful. And he talked about dance in this terms, uh, in the terms of dance as healing. Um, and I noticed, I believe it's at the end of the video, that's kind of mentioned as well, art as healing, dance as healing. Um, and I love that language. I think it's so beautiful. And I do think that dance, whether you're doing it or seeing it, has this really innate healing element to it. And so I'm wondering if that um, resonates with either of one of you and what, what that means to you. I mean, it's visual healing, like for people. I mean, you don't, the music is one major thing about, well, I mean, if we're talking just dance, then I would say it's absolutely just visually pleasing and, and it can heal. I mean, for me watching, I mean, through the pandemic, it was interesting because I was watching performances on digital performances and it's not the same. It's not the same to that as sitting in the theater live, but I did get a, I did get a little bit of, of that feeling of like hope, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think maybe that, touches a little bit on what Michael um, talked to you about, you know, there is a healing sense of it. And I don't know if John, you could add to that maybe a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, when I watch dance, um, I don't know if this is unique to dancers because sometimes I talk to non-dancers and this is not what they do. But what I do is my, I'm always putting my body in what that person is doing. Mm -hmm. So it's like I get to live the dance through them, through someone else. And I'm imagining what it would feel like on me. And that informs so much of what the dance means. And so mentally getting to come back into dance has been healing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when yeah. it was, but yeah, when it wasn't there, um, yeah, things were pretty dark. And so it's been really great to come back and get to dance. So dance has definitely healed me in that sense. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, it's just always defined who I was, who I am. And, you know, obviously I know I can't do it forever. So, but I just didn't think I'd have to make some of that trend, like life without dance so soon, like in the middle of my career. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, in some ways it's like, did I kind of discover who I am without dance? Maybe. And it's like, am I, am I still alive? Yes. <laughs> the world didn't right. end. So it kind of was ending. Um, but yeah, I mean, having dance back in my life is bringing it back together. And I do think, you know, stuff like, you know, people keep saying like, New York is dead. And it's like, we yeah, know why they say that because the arts aren't there. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. New York is never dead, I will say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New York is always beautiful. New York is <laughs> yeah. always incredible to be in. However, you know, that element that is missing is the arts. You know, mm-hmm. museums are open, but still people are saying it's not back. You know why? It's because it's missing the arts. And I do think Absolutely. no one will feel like the city and this world has healed until until they're back. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I'd like to ask you each kind of a big question, um, so take your time if you need, but I'm curious what your hopes are for dance moving forward. And that could be, that could be personally, or that could be a little bit more generally. Um, I mean, I hope that, like we talked about before, you know, as artists, we adapt to any situation. And so I, I hope that going through the whole pandemic and looking at the impact it's had on dance companies, dance schools, dancers, artists, you know, in any aspect that it is going to be there in even more 
ways Mm -hmm. than it was before. I think sometimes, I don't know if, if it, you know, maybe doesn't pertain necessarily to this particular situation because this was such a massive, um, upset to the art form. But I do feel like in a sense, it maybe can be seen more across the world. Like you can see dance now in the United States over and watch it in Europe. You can see someone on, you know, and that I think is what the the biggest change has been because of the pandemic. And I hope that we continue to incorporate the digital side of creating in a sense, some sense, maybe that just is by targeting audiences across the world. And we didn't have that before or connecting with people. I mean, I connected with people on zoom that I hadn't seen in 10 years and we were taking class together. You know, it's just this kind of like this connection between like, you know, you see a map where all the lines are all over. And that's what I think, I hope it can do for the art form. I hope it will reconnect everyone all over the world. And if it's through the digital sense, great. If it's because of the the digital sense in another way, but that's kind of what I hope comes out of the pandemic along with, you know, more people coming to the theaters. You know, I hope that when people are comfortable, um, they can come and they want to sit and watch what we do, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and what we want to give. Beautiful. I agree. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, uh, like you said, I do think such a big part of uh, dancers is how creative we are. I mean, you know, artists in general, but I, I like sometimes don't think people think about how creative dancers are to work with, especially here in America, the meager means we have. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, like uh, when we we didn't, this um, piece was made by the Viva. It was made by Amy Hall, choreographed it, but then uh, her co-creator for the film was Sasha. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we didn't have Sasha with us. Um, so he like sent his a camera up to Taylor and then Michael Novak, he, this is the creative part. He, he, he set his phone like onto the camera, like with a rig and then had it FaceTime the little screen that was then filming me. So then, and then, so then they were constantly like, he's like trying to like, Sasha's trying to direct Novak how to work this like professional camera, um, uh, like, Yeah, all the settings, all the lighting, all the everything. And it's just like, cause we gotta make it work. Um, cause that is just what artists do. And so um, that's something that's was really, is always I think really fun and inspiring about dancers. Um, and I do hope that this has sort of like sparked many, many ideas and just sort of the confidence that, you know what, we can do whatever we want in the hardest of situations. And so mm-hmm. you know, that sort of spirit moving forward, I think is, would be awesome. Yeah. I think so too. Well, I think that's a beautiful note to end on, something hopeful through all of this, which is what this piece inspires. And I hope everyone goes to watch it after listening to this. Um, it'll be premiering. Where will it be premiering? Remind me. April 1st. April 1st. At 9 a.m. on um, Miami Sea Valley's Insta- uh, Instagram, their their website, and I believe it, on the Paul Taylor yeah, same and same for Taylor. Just on any of our social media platforms, website, yes. YouTube. Go, go watch it. April first, and it will be able to watch. You can watch it over and over and over and over and over again. 
we hope you do. <laughs> Perfect. I hope so too, because it's beautiful. So thank you so much for sharing this conversation with me. It's been such a joy. Thank yes, you. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Thank you so much. For links to watch Viva, find out more about Samantha, John, and the two companies they dance for, head over to the show notes at processpeace.com. You can also follow this podcast on Instagram or Facebook at Process Peace and get these episodes delivered directly to your inbox, along with a whole lot of extra inspiration by subscribing to my Sunday newsletter via rubyjosephine.com slash subscribe. If you've been enjoying Process Peace, I would so appreciate you choosing to support this podcast in any or all of three ways. One, leave a rating and review on iTunes. Two, share your favorite episode with a friend or on social media. And three, make a contribution or become a sustaining member at buymeacoffee.com slash A huge thanks again to Samantha and John for this joyful conversation. A special shout out to Lisa Labrado and Michael Novak for making this episode happen. Thank you to Cooper Lee Smith for creating the original music for this podcast. And as always, thank you so much to you for listening.